Philippians 2, starting in verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Good evening, Radiant. As some of you know, uh, Amy and I and our family were in Tennessee for the whole month of October, and we got to visit churches uh, in about six different states. And so uh, I came back home with this idea of, okay, God, what are you doing in me? Uh, Because uh, I've got to admit this, and and I want to apologize to the church uh, for this, but Sometimes when you serve, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is why serve, sometimes we lose the passion that God puts in us. Uh, my passion is uh, missions. Uh, I am a full-time missionary. Uh, serve, that's what I do is serve. And so sometimes I get to serving so much that I forget what my original passion was that God had uh, placed in my heart. And so through this study... Um, God has really just burned a message in my heart to share with you guys. And like I was telling Ben, I never want to go into a message thinking of what I think or what I want to say, but I always want to just step back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, speak through me. I want to be a mouthpiece uh, for God. Today, we are going to be in the book of Philippians. That's where we're going to be most of, the, most of our study here. Why serve? Why serve? So we began a seven-week series of Why Church. The purpose is to take our identity statement. Put it right there. A family of missionary servants who make disciples that make disciples and ask why. We already looked at Why Church, Why Gospel, Why Family, Two weeks ago, why missions, and last week, why gather. This week, we're going to look at why serve. Two weeks ago, Bob walked through missions and why the gospel is at the center of all missionary service. And last week, our missionary team also walked us through why we gather and the importance of the gospel-centered worship. I was so excited to hear uh, the report from Nepal Uh, Paul has a special place in my heart. That is my ultimate dream trip. Uh, God used a video of a pastor who was going through the Himalayas and and telling that story about Nepal changed my life. Changed me and really just indwelled and really burned missions into my heart. Because he said this one statement, I I want you to think about this all the way through this. There will be people born... People live and people die without ever hearing who Jesus is. That changed my life. At that moment, 
I wept sitting in the pew of our Southern Baptist Church, and people were wondering what is going on with him. But what it did, it made me realize that we are on this earth for one thing. When we give our life to Christ, we are here to spread the name of Jesus to everyone we come in contact with. So that's what we're going to be looking at tonight, is why we serve. So as we look at the text today, we will see the entire Bible is God's love for the world and how the gospel is the center of all that we do. And at looking through the scriptures in the last couple weeks, I couldn't get past this thought. That it is almost impossible to serve without understanding the mission. Understanding the mission helps us to serve in the idea that when we do what we do has an eternal significance, and it's not just feeling a need because people repeatedly ask us. Our serving means little if we are not representing Jesus and don't love those who we serve. This afternoon, we're going to look at two passages of Scripture and study why serve. And in that, we're going to see four main ideas on serving. Who do we serve? How to serve? Why would we serve? And finally, number four, when should we serve? So let's uh, take our Bibles or phones, whatever device, and let's uh, turn to the main passage, Philippians chapter 2. We'll be looking at 3 through 11. But first, I just want to go ahead and pray. Father God, we just open up our hearts and our minds to you, God. Guide my words, Lord. Let them be the words that come from you, God, for our congregation. And Father God, as we think about why we serve you, God, the ultimate ending is for your glory. So Father, as, we, as we're gathered here, God, we just pray, God, that you will touch our hearts, open our minds, and God, give us exactly what you're wanting us to hear at this moment. We praise you in Jesus, our King's name. Amen. So, how many of us, like a good book or movie, we get captivated with the plot, the characters, and sometimes we even start thinking somehow we ourselves are invested in the outcome. We would not dare go to the bathroom or say a word during the movie thinking that we will miss something. We do this in the hope that we can figure out what the ending of the story is. Some stories even have alternative endings that keeps us wondering, even after the movie is over, what would have happened. However, the story from Genesis to Revelation already has been written. And the outcome we already know is the ending to our story worth us living a life of sacrificial service, knowing that the outcome affects those around us? So my first question to you is, do we as believers in Jesus invest in the story of our lives since we already know the ending? Remember, we all have a story written by God for each of us, and we choose to live it for him or we choose not to. I would say that most of us live without thinking much about the ending and not at all about eternity. We have been taught that as long as we are okay, that's all that matters. I want to say that is false. That is a false gospel, and we need to be praying for God's heart for those around us that are lost and how better to serve the church. 
So today, I want to look at what, what I see is an overwhelming idea that God laid on my heart going through these passages. So if I had a main idea of this message, it would be this. Our service to Jesus should solely be motivated by the fact we know the ending of the story. Let me say that one more time. Our service to Jesus should solely be motivated by the fact we know the ending of the story. Like the movie or the book, we're anticipating what happens at the end. As believers, we already know the ending. We know that our king is coming and he is giving us the responsibility for the spread of the gospel. Knowing this should define what our service to Christ looks like. So, number one, knowing the end, the ending points to who we serve. Our text today will be mostly in Philippians as Paul is describing Christ as giving himself to serve man. As we read, we look at key phrases in Philippians like describing Jesus as emptying himself and taking on the form of man. Also a picture of him becoming obedient to the point of death. And also, just for a little bit, I want to look at Mark 10 verse 45. I'm going to go ahead and read that. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be serve, served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. These are very important things that we look at in the life of Christ as we serve our community, the church, and the world. So as we're thinking on who to serve, let's all think about this. Why do we serve? And what it looks like in our everyday life. So let's go ahead and read our, our passage. Philippians chapter 2, 3 through 11. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So as we look in verse 3, God gives us a heart to serve by using the phrase, count others more significant than yourselves. To help us to have a heart to love others more than ourselves. This is very foreign in today's world. Today, it is taught... Take care of yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. They'll be okay. Jesus has the opposite, opposite uh, message, and his love will never change. So let's look at an example of this in Philippians 1. So if we take a look at Philippians, Paul is writing letters to Philippi. It is a church he is trying to encourage. And remember this where is Paul? He's prison. He is in prison, and he's still writing this to encourage uh, the church. 
So he is writing to the church, overseers and deacons who are doing the ministry in Philippi. Paul is even in, even in his condition in prison was serving them with prayer and letters. And why is Paul doing this? For the encouragement of the church and knowing that all he is doing is for the advancement of the gospel. Paul's heart was to serve the church because he knew what Jesus had done from him. And his response was to serve him with all that he was. So what's that look like for Radiant? Well, it may be serving our GC and our homes. We had a meeting today where we were able to serve in in our cohort. It may be planning activities for the kids like Mike and and everyone is doing right now. It may be looking like taking a meal to encourage someone that is going through a rough time or or is in a difficult situation. It could have been feeding a family during Thanksgiving from the military, volunteering at the food bank or the homeless shelter, or maybe helping at a camp that I know about. So that's just a plug in there. So... uh, so when, And let me ask you this, when you're at the store and you see a single dad or a single mom or you see a family that may be struggling, are you leveraging all that you have for the gospel? Is your heart open to serving those people? God is giving us, he has given us this city and this community to serve. Now these are just a few examples of physical needs. So the question now is, who provides the spiritual needs? to people that don't know Jesus? The answer is simply us. As believers in Christ, we are given those who don't believe, whether in our jobs, our families, or those that we come in contact with every day. Our responsibility as Christ followers is to show our lives as a testimony of who Jesus is through our lives. So if we look at Philippians chapter 1, 12 and 14, and I'll go ahead and read this. It says, I want, I want you to know, brothers, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. And so all the rest of my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul is leveraging his life for the gospel no matter what circumstance he was in. Can you imagine he is surrounded by all these guards and he is pouring into these men. He is telling them about Jesus. He is presenting the gospel and these men are being saved. That is incredible. Can we say the same? Who are we pouring into? All right, number two. Because we know the ending also motivates us how to serve. So Philippians 2, 7, I'm going I'm to repeat that. But empty himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. The important wording here is emptied himself. We must be able to empty ourselves in order to pour into those who are in need. We should serve with the heart that is grateful to God for his grace and thankful for the opportunity to serve others. Also, serving each other with no motive of getting anything in return. Jesus coming as a servant did not show weakness, but it actually showed what kind of king he is. Jesus is the ultimate servant. 
I've got a quote from uh, some of the studying I did in the uh, ESV, and I want to just uh, go ahead and say that. Paul is stressing that Christ, who had all privileges that were rightly his as king of the universe, gave them up to become an ordinary baby bound for the cross. Christ, the king of everything, who was in heaven, who was being worshipped, came here, humbled himself to die on a cross for us. His servant life would transform not only his disciples, but many around him. Him pouring into his disciples constantly gave them the knowledge of who to serve, but also how to serve. How does this look for us? One way we make ourselves available is to this church. Our church right now has needs for workers to serve in every capacity and every place in the church. We need people to help. From kids to middle schoolers to teams who are trying to help us to find a building. So if you would like to serve, please, we would love to plug you in. Another way is elders and deacons. We need men who have a heart for the church and the people who are part of the family of believers. They each serve in different ways, but should have an excitement to serve the body of Christ. We are to raise up the next generation to carry on the service of this church and the spring of the gospel. Philippians 2.13 For it is, good who work, it, is, it is God who works in you, both to will and both to work for his good pleasure. This verse shows that it pleases God when we serve him. We were made to serve each other, especially in the family of faith, but also knowing that we need to have a heart for serving those outside. I've got a couple of examples of this. The first one is in Matthew 20, 20 through 28. shows us that when the mother asked if her two sons could sit on the right and the left of Jesus, Jesus quickly points out, it is not for stature that we serve, but from a humble and loving heart. If the king of heaven came to serve and not be served, how much more should we try to live like him? Now, this is one of my favorites. So this is the perfect example of a servant. John 13, 3 through 20. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I am going to highlight these two verses. Verse 15 and 16. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you as a servant, that a servant is no greater than his master, nor messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know this story, this is when Jesus is washing the defeat of his disciples. Picture this. Jesus, the maker of all, the king of heaven, is humbling himself before his disciples. And if you know who his disciples are, you're like, that's me. Uh, Peter, that's me. So I'm just like Peter. So, uh, but that is a perfect picture of God humbling himself and washing the feet of these men. So uh, one more way that we can serve is financially. Giving to the church. Corinthians 9-7 says, Be a cheerful giver. And this is one area that I think that people don't consider really being a servant to. We need to realize that everything we have, God has provided to us. 
when we give, it gives resources back to the church to serve those in need and for spreading the gospel. Do we consider giving back what he has provided for us to further his work? Can each of us say we leverage all we have for the gospel? A perfect example is this, is one of my favorite books in the Bible, and that's Acts. I love the picture of the new church. You know, we were talking about this today. You know, you've got a group of guys who knew who Jesus was, but they did not have a clue of what they were doing. All they knew of who Jesus was, they walked with him, he's gone. Now we've got to get it to the ends of the earth. So I want to read Acts 4, 34 and 35. There was not a needy person among them, for as many were owners of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds that was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. They were giving to the church freely so that the, so that the church could minister to those who needed care. We as a church can provide a physical need in this city, but also we can provide a spiritual need in the world. And so I want to say this. Missionaries going to unreached places and going to help in the name of Jesus need never to struggle with funding. As the church, as believers in Christ, we should be excited to send anyone to spread the gospel to the, each corners of the earth. That is my passion. Let me say it again. They should never need funding. They should never need anything. We should be excited to help guide them in any way that we can to go where God has called them to go. And, we'd be, and we should be able to leverage anything that we have to make that happen. Because money is a tool that God uses to further the gospel to the ends of the earth. Like I said, everything that we have and are blessed with is because God has given that to us. Question, are our hearts focused on temporary or eternal things? What we do, does it have a significance for Christ for all of eternity? We need to use our resources, our resources he has blessed us with and give him the authority to show us how to use it. Serve with what he has given us with. So John Popper says this about God being our provider. He says, we do not glorify God by providing his needs, but praying that he will provide ours and trusting him to answer. Living in the joy of his all-providing care, we lay down our lives in love for other people. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life for many. I love this part. His aim to be the servant. And he aims to get the glory as the giver. Everything has been given to us by God. Everything. He has lavished us with everything. Number three. The ending of the story also points us to why would we serve? Oh, this is, this is my favorite one. 
The moment we accept Jesus as our Savior, we become servants and our hearts should be changed to give him the glory by telling others about Jesus. I want to read Philippians chapter 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, known to all nations to be known in Fairbanks, in Alaska, everywhere. God's name needs to be known. Matthew 28 18 through 20, and everybody should know this. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and, and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe that all that I have commanded you, and behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. There's two main words in there. We cannot get by these two words, and they are go and make. These are action words, and they call us to a command, not an option. It's not an option. As believers in Christ, we take the gospel to those who need to hear. So why do we serve? It is in the middle of verse 19, and it is the heart of the gospel. All nations. This has, to be the, this has to be our heart to serve. And why do we serve? Revelation 7, 9 through 10. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the land, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3, 20, 21, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who would transform our lowly body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. So studying this, it was hard for me to separate the serving and the mission. So I asked myself this question. What has happened to our excitement to serve? I was telling Ben, I was watching a video of Radiant back when you guys, when Caleb was here and Lauren was here, and Ben had this like, like flat hair thing going on. I was like, oh, wow. Uh, but yeah, and I was watching it, and I was like, wow, I see excitement. What has happened to the excitement in our lives? Seeing we know the mission, then we understand what it truly means to serve. Then serving would be a natural response, living a life of servanthood. Like I said at the beginning, my excitement has dwindled. And I can confess that to you guys. I can confess it to my family, and they see it. Serving and my excitement has separated. But going through this passage has really just kind of fired me up. I told Bob, I'm just like, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready just to preach this. And this is what I want to leave with you 
on November the 15th, there are now 8 billion people on this earth. 17,000 people groups. 7,400 of those are unreached. That equals 3.37 billion people that have never heard the name of Jesus. 42.5% of the population of this world doesn't have the gospel. It is estimated in the last 40 years, 1.6 billion, 1.6 billion people died not ever hearing about the love of Jesus. If that does not break our hearts, what are we doing? Where is our excitement to serve? Do we not care about our fellow man? And some of those are not the unreached people that are overseas. Some of them are right here in Fairbanks. Now, what is the difference than here and there? We are here. We are here. God has broke my heart for missions. To know that there are people that live their whole entire life and don't have the hope that we have been given, but yet we don't take it, we don't serve, we don't send, it breaks my heart. What are we doing? So why serve? We have a world dying without hope, brothers and sisters in need. We need to live our lives so that the world sees Jesus in us. And how we serve others and how we serve each other. Number four and lastly, our service to Jesus should solely be motivated by the fact we know the ending of the story. And this shows us when do we serve. That's simple. We serve now. Today, tonight, every day. Galatians 6.10 So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those of the household of faith. Our opportunity is now to serve one another. And in the light of what we know, how the story ends for this world, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for retirement? Are we waiting for better finances? What are we waiting for? We're not promised tomorrow. We are here today. Brothers and sisters in Christ need the church to step up and show the love of Christ. And there's a dying world that needs us, the church, to tell them about Jesus. We have an opportunity as a church to touch lives in Fairbanks, Alaska and in the surrounding areas. We also have a chance to touch lives in places where we send teams to. Revelation talks about at the throne there will be every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. That means at least one from all. We as Christians are responsible for the gospel. Why do you think God left us here after saving us? He didn't take us home. 
He said, I have something for you to do. Tell those people who do not know me about me. If we love Christ, if we remember, I think the problem is, is we have fallen out of love with our first love, Jesus. We remember the moment that we gave our life to him, but now we're kind of complacent, and we need to be reminded that God needs the gospel to go to all places. So I want to close with this. So ending, so we have one more in the series. So we have visited why do we serve? Why church? Why the gospel? Why family? Why mission? Why gather? And tonight, why serve? I want to leave you with this. And if you don't get anything that I've said this whole time, get this. In the light of who Jesus is and what he did for us, why would we not? What is holding us back? Why are we waiting? Time is quickly coming to an end. And I, for one, want to be in that group that stands before the throne with every tongue, every tribe, every nation, bowed before my King and Savior, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, so much for what you do for us every day. Father, I pray, God, open our hearts and our minds and our eyes, God, to those, God, that need, that need the gospel. God, it is us that you have commissioned us to go to all the ends of the earth whether it be financially, whether it be serving, whether it be going ourselves. God, I pray, God, open up our hearts and our minds. God, give us an excitement to be serving not only Fairbanks, but the world. God, I pray that someone in this room, God, that you're already touching their heart at this very moment to give it all to you, to go wherever you want them to go. And Father, I know there is people here Right now, God, that serve this community very, very well. And God, they are speaking your name to everyone. God, my heart, you know my heart. My heart is to see every tongue, tribe, and nation. So Father, I pray, God, help us to go forth taking the gospel to these that have not heard and that are unreached. God, break our heart for what breaks yours. And God, we ask all this in your mighty name. Amen.